I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Lessons from the world's top professors. Anytime, anyplace. World history examined and science explained. This is One Day University. Welcome. You're listening to The Happiness Formula. I'm your host, Mike Coscarelli. Today, parenthood. Captain Obvious here, but being a parent is tough. There's no one-size-fits-all playbook for raising a kid. But Barry explains that there are some general guidelines that can help. Like, avoid being a quote-unquote distracted parent. Yes, that means putting away your phone. I know there's so much sweet stuff to look at, but you got to do it. Put away your phone and listen to your child tell a story as closely as you would listen to your best friend. So listen up. Barry's here with all the wisdom. It is obviously an awesome responsibility to be a parent, but it requires real delicacy of judgment and perceptiveness and sensitivity to know when you are actually doing the parenting and when you're not. And let me just say, having spent 50 years as a teacher, the same thing is true when you're teaching, even when you're teaching college age students, we are essentially always teaching even when we're off stage. And the lessons we communicate when we are not explicitly communicating lessons may be the most profound lessons of all. So the responsibility on parents is an awesome responsibility, and it takes wisdom to discharge that responsibility well. We know that we need to listen to our children, just as we need to listen to our friends. 
We need the understanding that only listening provides in order to be good parents. But how do we learn to listen to our children? A clinical psychologist named Wendy Mogul has some good parental advice. Should you listen to your children's point, to your child's point of view at all? Yes, because listening is respectful, because he might provide you with information that will change your mind, and because you want to set the example of being a good listener. But listen briefly. If you are tempted to reason with your child, resist that temptation. Think about using words in moderation. Don't try to provide instant solutions to your child's problems. Instead, be quiet and just listen. If you find yourself arguing with any child older than two, you are wasting your time. That strikes me as a little pessimistic. Your child's skills at arguing are better than yours. In general, talk less and act more. Be a role model. Don't be a lecturer. A major complaint that adolescents have is that nobody listens to them. The habit of listening and of expecting to be listened to needs to start early. If we're always distracted, our children will perceive us as half listening and they'll stop trying to talk to us. So this is what Wendy Mogul said. And Wendy Mogul said this in a book called The Blessings of a Skinned Knee that she published before cell phones existed. And so the phenomenon of distracted parenting was around even before cell phones. I think it has only increased dramatically in magnitude with the advent of cell phones. Uh, A good rule to adopt is that your cell phone is in your pocket when you're talking to your kid. It's a hard one for people to adopt, uh, but if you do it, maybe your kid will do it when your kid becomes a teenager. Wouldn't that be nice? So listen, but don't listen too long. Don't rush your listening. Don't talk too much. Listen attentively or your child will stop trying to talk to you, but don't listen to long arguments. Resist reasoning with your child. If you're an experienced parent, this may make perfect sense to you. It's common sense, you'll say. If you're a novice parent, this seemingly contradictory advice will leave you completely confused. And it is contradictory advice because really the advice that Mogul is giving is what it means to listen and how depends on the kid and depends on the circumstance. Raising children like Olivia often provides the needed experience that parents need because our children help teach us how to be parents. One of the first things they teach us, if we're open to hearing it, is how to listen to a lot more than words. There's a child psychologist named Bonnie Oy, who has written about this. And she speaks uh, for many of us, I think, when she writes, 
I have found that even your average parent with everyday children and everyday stresses also finds listening to a child who cannot be verbally extremely expressive somewhat awkward, uncomfortable, confusing, tedious. They wish their child would or could get to the point and say what is on his or her mind. And when he can't, even well-meaning parents can give up and tune out. Sometimes their attention drifts away from the child because they assume that a child talks about what's on his mind when he or she is ready. Sometimes parents worry that by waiting, they are being manipulated for attention and that too much attention is bad for children. Some have been taught that if it can't be spoken, it probably isn't all that important anyway. Again, we learn a lot of different and often contradictory things in raising our children. They can't all be right. Well, they can all be right. They just can't all be right at the same moment in time. And what we are really learning as we parent our children is to know our children well enough to know which of these pieces of advice is the right piece of advice to be following at a given moment. Another thing our children can help teach us is how to tame and balance our best intentions. We need to learn to do this because some of the traits that make us good parents and friends can block exactly the kind of listening we need. If we're too patient and we never interrupt, not only will our shrewd teenager talk circles around us, but we'll hesitate to interrupt and ask the kind of questions our children need to have asked but haven't thought of. But if we interrupt too often, will undermine their self-confidence and their ability to learn how to frame arguments themselves. And we may frustrate them or not hear what we have to say. If, if we're too honest, telling them how we're feeling and thinking about what they're saying, we risk being too judgmental. Or we risk encouraging them to say only what they think we want to hear. At the same time, the de detachment and perspective that they need from us demands that we be honest and courageous enough, at least sometimes, to give them the tough love that they need. Without it, we risk becoming sympathetic reflectors of what they say, blinding them by shining their own feelings back at them. So it's hard to be a parent. Let's get that clear. We know that. I suspect most people who become parents don't know it until they become parents or they wouldn't become parents. Second, every kid is different. Third, you are never sure what works and what doesn't. Fourth, you can count on making mistakes, sometimes big ones. Fifth, you can't learn how to be a good parent from books on how to be a good parent. Books, like rules, may provide guidelines. But because every child is different, and because every situation is different, parents must learn to judge for themselves when to follow those guidelines and when to ignore them. It seems as though what I'm saying here is that nobody knows anything. 
I'm not. Parents know a lot. What is true is that nobody knows everything. There are no guarantees. Whenever we use our judgment, there's a chance that we'll get it wrong. If we're open to learning from our mistakes, there is reason to be optimistic that we'll be right more and more often as our children teach us how to be their parents. It is, parenting is the example par excellence of the need for practical wisdom. We learn pretty quickly that there aren't rules or formulas and that the outside experts can only point us very roughly in the right direction. Almost every moment of parenting is a moment of making decisions and the particularities of each of our kids and rapidly changing circumstances of our lives demand judgment. What this means is that parenting is an excellent school for developing practical wisdom. There are several reasons to think that not only that relations with family and friends are a school for wisdom, but that they are an especially good school for wisdom, better probably than the workplace. First, we really want to get it right as friends, as parents, as lovers. We are highly motivated to do the right thing. Second, we know our friends and family in a way that doctors rarely know their patients and teachers rarely know their students. Third, we have teachers. We have people teaching us to be parents. Who are our teachers? Mostly our children are our teachers. Children teach their parents how to be parents, not with words, of course, but with reactions to parental efforts to raise kids. This one needs structure. That one needs freedom. This one needs criticism. That one needs encouragement. I should make it clear, however, that just because there's a teacher doesn't mean there's a learner. We learn from experience, but as I said before, some people have 30 years of experience while others have the same experience for 30 years. To develop wisdom, we must be open to being taught. The psychologist Bonnie Oy, who I mentioned a few minutes ago, said this, the wisest mothers I know seem perpetually open and accepting of whatever happens with their children, willing to revisit and refine their notion of who this person is as he or she changes and grows. And they seem to have found ways to suspend the need for certainty in their understanding of their children and are able to turn a blind eye to what others people are doing with or for their children. They wait and they watch like a gardener who has scattered seed of unknown origin waits for signs to tell her whether she'll have beans or a pumpkin come summer. When I've asked these mothers about this difference in their outlooks, they laugh and they tell me that their children grew them up. Now, it's worth making a point uh, in light of this uh, quote from Bonnie Oy, and that is her book is also a decade old, 
My sense is that a modern attitude toward parenting and toward the vulnerability of children is that the stakes are high. You can't afford to make mistakes because the stakes are high. And the result is a kind of hovering and sort of lack of relaxation about what to do when it comes to raising kids. That is to say, of course, the stakes are high when you raise kids, but they aren't high on a minute-to-minute, second-to-second basis. And I think more and more parents feel like they have to be making the right decision every minute of every day, and that puts a kind of pressure on them and on the relationship that I think is good for nobody. And so Bonnie Oy was writing at a time when raising children was a bit more relaxed than it is now. And that may be an important difference. Right now, it's time for a quick break. But when we come back, that delicate balance between being a helicopter parent and being a little too chill. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. 
Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. It's harder to be a parent now than it used to be, I believe. Wendy Mogul, another child psychologist, she uh, practices in Los Angeles and she has quite an affluent clientele. And she noticed over the years that most of the families who came to see her had concerns that really didn't belong in any standard diagnostic category. Their kids were suffering no major psychopathology. They didn't need therapy, at least not the kind of therapy that Mogul had been trained to provide. What they needed, Mogul eventually concluded, was advice from a mensch. Mensch is a Yiddish expression that means basically a wise person. These parents were nervous and they needed to know when to be demanding and when to be relaxed, when to be supportive, when to be critical, when to be protective, when to let their kids loose. Parents' problems seemed to be twofold. First, they wanted their kids' lives to be perfect, spared any hurt or disappointment. Second, They didn't trust their judgment about how to do that. So they were coming to the expert to find out how. These are the kinds of problems that a wise person can help answer, not necessarily a professional clinician. And what Mogul slowly came to realize is that her training as a therapist was largely irrelevant. Mogul tells us in this book she wrote, The Blessings of a Skinned Knee, The Talmud sums up the Jewish perspective on child-rearing in a single sentence. A father is obligated to teach his son how to swim. Jewish wisdom holds that our children don't belong to us. They are both a loan and a gift from God, and the gift has strings attached. Our job is to raise our children to leave us. The children's job is to find their own path in life. If they stay carefully protected in the nest of the family, children will become weak and fearful or feel too comfortable to want to leave. And thus, the blessings of a skinned knee. Let your kid suffer occasional discomfort, occasional failure, and occasional inconvenience. Be there to make sure that the injuries, the discomforts, and the inconveniences are relatively minimal. Be there to make sure that your child is safe, but just not too safe. Real protection, Mogul says, means teaching children how to manage risks on their own, not shielding them from every hazard. By giving them a chance to survive some danger and letting them make some reckless or thoughtless choices, We teach them how to withstand the bumps and the knocks of life. Thus the title, The Blessings of a Skinned Knee. So, I think Mogul is right. If we never let go, our children will never learn how to swim. But when and how to let go remains the puzzle. Overprotective parents may need to stop worrying so much that they will not let their kid walk down the block to a friend's house even when she's 11. 
They may, to, may need to learn not to call the school to protect their kids from ridicule or teasing. They may need to learn that it's okay to let their kids go to the restaurant bathroom by themselves. But teaching kids to swim requires balance, some independence, but not too much, some danger, but lots of safety. How do parents know what the balance is? And is it the same for every child? Questions like these, unfortunately, have no simple answers. Wendy Mogul's book is quite wise. It's not written for neglectful or indifferent parents. It's not written for parents who think to themselves, I learned the hard way, so can he. It's written for parents who want to protect, protect, protect. These parents do need to be nudged to let their kids into the pool. They do need to learn the blessings of a skin knee, but that's not because the parents are protective. It's because they're too protective. Aristotle understood this when he argued for the importance of moderation, for the importance of the mean, as I have beaten you over the head about already, the importance of the mean in our daily activities. As I have suggested, the mean does not come from calculating using a formula. It doesn't come from reading an advice book. It comes from knowing your child and using wise judgment. Judging when and how to say no is another manifestation of the tension that parents feel between the urge to encourage independence and the urge to protect. If you say no all the time, your kids will never experience those skin knees. If you don't say no, then if your kids are lucky enough to survive their childhoods, they will surely grow into monsters. So the lesson that parents typically learn from their children is to pick your battles. At first, you stop your kids from throwing food on the floor, taking toys from their siblings, leaving their clothes in a heap in the middle of whatever room they happen to be in. Then you start worrying about how they use your stuff without asking, barge into your bedroom without knocking, don't do anything to help around the house, interrupt you with urgent requests while you're on the phone, and never accept no without an argument. Still later, you worry that they ignore curfews, hang out with other kids you think are trouble, experiment with drugs and alcohol, and drive when they shouldn't be driving. Pick your battles. Few parents want to be drill sergeants, so they let their children lead them. They learn to expect a lot from obedient children and settle for basic safety and civility from unruly ones. It seems unfair to ratchet up standards for kids who basically do what they're told and the lo to lower them for the more rebellious types. And no doubt, the kids themselves will often see it as unfair. But that is what parents do to give each kid what she needs and what she can handle, not to treat each kid the same. That's the way wise parents operate. Well, thanks for listening. After this episode, I feel like I owe my parents a phone call and probably an apology. Okay, maybe a few apologies. Join us next time when Barry talks about how rules can be a war on wisdom.
The Happiness Formula from One Day University is a production of iHeart Podcasts and School of Humans. If you're enjoying the show, leave a review in your favorite podcast app and check out the Curiosity Audio Network for podcasts covering history, pop culture, true crime, and more. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.